the unknown. Mystery. Space. Have fun. Adventure. Suspense. Fantasy. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. Welcome to journey number 163 of the Journey Into podcast, featuring The New Order, as presented by Theater 5. I'm your guide on this journey, Marshall Latham, coming to you from base camp in the Treasure Valley. I got delayed in February and wasn't able to get out my uh, old-time radio episode, Um, so it's coming to you now, (laughs) and... Uh, This time around, we're featuring an episode from a radio series called Theater 5. And Theater 5 was an anthology drama series that was uh, broadcast by ABC from 1964 uh, till 1965. And it had all kinds of different stories in it. You know, there were horror and supernatural stories. There were suspense stories, fantasy stories. Uh, science fiction stories like we're going to hear today. Um, But there was also, you know, not political stories, but uh, uh, think pieces and crime stories and action adventure. It was really a potpourri of uh, different types of stories. And, you know, 1964, 1965, television had been around for quite a long time. And this was an attempt to kind of recapture that old-time radio feel. I don't know if they called it old-time radio at the time, Um, but they wanted to capture drama on radio like it had been so big before television came. And even in those, I don't know if you call them twilight years, when uh, people were both listening to the radio and watching television, because television shows weren't on 24-7 like they are today. But the radio, there was always something playing on the radio. So yeah, it, it was trying to, like I said, recapture (laughs) <laughs> those uh, radio shows from from decades in the past. And it, it's quite a good series. There's A lot of the stories are really well told. Um, I guess we'll see if you like this one and, and we can feature more in the future. Um, just real quick, you know, this was, this episode, the new order that we're going to be playing today, was the winner in a poll that I put out on Patreon. And all the uh, patrons there, were able to vote on which episode of Theater 5 I was going to run. There was this one, The New Order. Uh, there was The Last Land Rush, uh, which is about overpopulation. And Deedle Deedle Dumpty, My Son X1, which is a really strange title. But it uh, it was a story about an alien invasion where an alien arrived through the body of a teenage boy. And then there was another alien story called first encounter which episode aired five years before the moon landing by neil armstrong it talked about finding men on the moon and a society there 
Uh, so a lot of good things to pick from, and uh, today I'm going to present the winner of the poll, The New Order. And so let's go ahead and get to it. Come with me, and let's journey into a future populated with robots. What are you? I am a robot of the class M3, programmed to provide information and support to all Jupiter personnel. Hello, sir. I am C-3PO Human Cyborg Relations. My facilities are at you. Battling Maxo is a robot, or to be exact, an android. Definition, an automaton resembling a human being. A robot cannot harm a human being. The first law of robotics. Yeah, I know. I've seen your commercials. But doesn't the second law state that a robot has to obey any order given by a human being? What if it was given an order to kill? Impossible. It would conflict with the first law. Right, but the third law states that a robot can defend itself. Yes, but only when that action does not conflict with the first or second laws. You know what they say. Laws are made to be broken. No, not these laws. Because it would create public hysteria. There would be an absolute panic. Yes, I I suppose you're right. There'd be riots in the streets. It would make an invasion from Mars seem like a Sunday school picnic. Theater 5 presents The New Order. Yes. Gentlemen, would you like to see an interesting test? 
What kind of death? Well, Adam C. is an R4 robot. I thought all R4s were supposed to be destroyed. Yes, that is the charter states that when a robot type becomes obsolete, it should be destroyed. Why hasn't that been done? Well, the charter also gives a time limit for possible modification. So I've been working on the R4s. You see, there are two basic differences between the R4s and the R5s. The R4 voice was metallic, and it had a sort of built-in echo. But the R5 voice is as human as yours or mine. The other difference is, well, I'll call it the nervous system, connecting the brain to the voice box. Well, in the R4, the working of the brain was not attuned to the voice box. The R4 could solve problems, but could not transmit the answers vocally. This, of course, made the R4 a worker with a very limited capacity and range. The R5, however, solves problems and then gives the answers. Or it transmits the answers into action, just as a human would. And have you managed to alter the R4 enough to meet the new specifications? Yes, yes. Adam C. will be the 15th XR4 I've tested. The others have all met the new specifications. According to the terms of the charter, if Adam C. passes his tests, I'll have the right to modify all other R4s. There's a total of 528 of them. Well, gentlemen, would you like to see the test? Yes, I would, and so would I. Good. I'm sure you'll find it quite absorbing. Oh, please send Adam C. in. Yes, Mr. Garson. Oh, gentlemen, would you like a cigarette? Oh, thank you. No, thanks. I'm, uh, I'm going to introduce you to Adam C. as I would uh, a human. I, I ask you to cooperate. Are you trying to tell us that robots have feelings? Well, not as we know feelings, no. But their tuning can be upset by, well, unexpected rudeness, for example. Oh, come in. Adam C. reporting as ordered, Mr. Gotham. Oh, Adam C., this is Mr. Clements and Mr. Winston. They are government investigators. I'm honored to know you, gentlemen. Uh... Uh, how do you do? Pleased to meet you. Now, Adam C.? Yes, Mr. Garson. Do you understand why you're here? Yes, sir. Tell me, please. I was an R4 robot. You have had me modified to meet the specifications of the R5 robot. If I do not meet all the specifications, I will be destroyed along with all other R4 robots. All right. Now, the first test is memory retention. Now, I'm going to open this book. You will read the page on the right-hand side. You have only three seconds. Ready? Yes, Mr. Garson. Start reading. All right, now. Adam C., in your opinion, what kind of book is this? It seems to be a work of fiction. Now, be more specific, please. I cannot be more specific, Mr. Garson. It seems to be a work of fiction. However, it could also be a biography, or it could be history done in a fictional style. Very good. And now I want you to read from memory... The 19th and 20th lines on that particular page. The lines are a piece of dialogue. Quote, I don't like the idea of Ferguson and Martin meeting as equals, Kramer declared, adding in a low voice, their ideologies are simply not compatible. Unquote. Fine. And now, gentlemen, would you like to see the page? Yes. All right. Now, here's the book, Mr. Clements. Page 47. Huh, thank you. Oh, let's see. That's right. Count down to the 19th line. I think you'll find that Adam C. read word for word that line and the one that followed. Huh. You know, this is amazing. It's not just amazing. It's completely incredible. Incredible? No, no, Mr. Winston. 
You see, the robot's brain is uncluttered with irrelevancies. What's the next test, Mr. Garson? Mental arithmetic. Uh, may I give Adam C. the problem? Oh, by all means. Please do. Um, can I have that piece of blank paper on your desk? Oh, sure. There you are. Thank you. Adam C.? Yes, Mr. Clements. I want you to solve this arithmetic problem for me. Yes, sir. Uh, multiply 7,927 by 4,684. Then I want you to divide the total by 424. That is the problem, Mr. Clements? Yes. The answer is 87,570 plus the fraction 97,106. <laughs> well, Mr. Clements, I... Uh... I haven't figured it out for myself yet. Well, I'm sure you'll find that Adam C.'s answer is correct. Well, here's the total of the multiplication. 37,130,068. Correct, Mr. Clements. You uh, you can prove the answer quite simply by... Yes, that. yes, I know how, Mr. Garson. Well, Adam C., if Mr. Clements finds your answer to be correct, you may return to the waiting room for further instruction. Yes, Mr. Garson. Uh, well, the answer is... Correct, all right. That'll be all, Adam C. Goodbye, Mr. Garson. Gentlemen, being with you has been a pleasure. Well, I'll be darned. It makes one feel rather inferior, doesn't it? Uh, Mr. Garson, before this uh, test, we were speaking about the first law of robotics. Oh, yes, yes, so we were. Well, I think we're all aware of the fact that without this safeguard of the first law, Robots Unlimited would never have been granted a charter. In fact, the manufacture of human-type robots would not have been permitted. That's true. However, there is one man who can alter this first law, Professor Albert Dean, inventor of the human-type robot. And Professor Dean has been missing for the past five days. Missing? He disappeared from his home five days ago. Why wasn't this news released? Because the newspapers would pull out all the stops. There'd be panic. For the same reason, we didn't release another fact. That Professor Dean had been experimenting with a new robot. One to which the first law of robotics does not apply. You could imagine what the newspapers would do with that. Yes. This new robot type... Did you know that Professor Dean was working on it? Well, yes, I did. I, well, at least there was a rumor to that effect. Mm, and uh, did you approve? Well, it makes small difference how I felt, Mr. Clemens. The matter was out of my hands. Professor Dean wasn't and isn't under my supervision. Yes, well, that's true enough. He was our responsibility... Mr. Garson, you were selected as general manager of Robots Unlimited because of your excellent record in government service. Your background of loyalty is impeccable. Thank you, but what is it you're trying to say, Mr. Clement? We're expecting that you cooperate with us in this matter. Well, of course. Just tell me what it is that you want me to do. Well, at the moment, Winston and I would like the run of this building and the ground. Very well. Feel free to go anywhere. Then, later on today, we'll probably have another talk with you. Anytime at all. Good. 
I don't think I have to tell you how important it is that we find Professor Dean as soon as possible. Now, that's rather obvious, Mr. Clemens. The professor's knowledge of robotics can be a very dangerous thing if, for instance, you were kidnapped by a foreign power. Exactly. Well, thank you for everything. Uh, gentlemen, if there's anything else that you need, just let me know. We will, and uh, thanks again. Thank you. Garson here, calling Frank B. This is Frank B., Mr. Garson. Did you monitor my conversation with the government investigators? Yes, sir. Do you have any orders concerning them? Just this. Cooperate with them in every way, but watch them carefully. Very carefully. Clements, I detailed some R5s to help you. 
There was a mistake in the assignments, and the file room was left unguarded for a moment. He must have slipped in. Where is he now? In the waiting room. Mr. Garson, I think you better tell these robot friends of yours to let me go. I'm afraid that's not possible, Mr. Winston. Look, the kid gloves are off. I suggest that you cooperate and tell us all you know. It'll go a lot easier with you. You see, I had a good look through your file. So? I found a lot of information on Professor Dean, incidentally. Uh, do we have to speak in front of these robots? Why? Do they make you nervous, Mr. Winston? Yes, they do. Why? Have you forgotten the first law of robotics? They can't harm you. However, if you insist, I'll ask them to leave. Oh, Frank B., if you don't mind. Not at all, Mr. Garson. We'll go. Now, Mr. Winston, we were speaking about Professor Dean in the files. Please go on. After I read through certain papers in the files, it looked to me like a fantastic plot was taking form. A plot? Against our government in particular and against humanity in general. Well, that is fantastic, Mr. Wilson. Oh, please don't act so charmingly coy, Mr. Garson. You're part of it. You've got to be. How could Robots Unlimited be plotting against the government? Our, our fives are unable to harm humans. Well, the first law of robotics is an inherent part of their makeup. And don't forget, if we were using robots to overthrow the government, well, we'd have the army to contend with. The first law would operate against them. Mm-hmm. That's what you want people to think. Yes, the R5s obey the first law. And while the first law applies, you can't carry out your plan. That's where Professor Dean comes in. Oh? The professor was working on a new robot model when he disappeared. A model that does not obey the first law. A robot that would carry out an order to kill. Ah, now we begin to see the ramifications of this fantastic plot. You have 800 R5s and more than 500 R4s that you're modifying. Now, that doesn't take into account the robots you're probably manufacturing in secret. In secret? Oh, you didn't see that in the files. Well, I saw enough to put you on trial for treason. If I'm to be executed as a traitor, why should I help you? I told you. We could make it easier for you. <laughs> By we, I assume you mean Mr. Clements and yourself. That's huh? right. Ah, uh, but I'm afraid Mr. Clements is in no position to help anyone. What do you mean? Listen. Garson here. Connect me with Mr. Clements' cell, please. Cell. You're connected, Mr. Garson. Clements? Clements, this is Garson. Garson, listen to me. If you don't let me out of this cell, so help me out. Well, I trust that convinces you, Mr. Winston. You see, your friend Clements made the mistake of wandering into a restricted area, just as you did. Who's giving the orders? You or Professor Dean? Professor Dean is in the cell next to Clements. I should have known. You kidnapped him. Yes. The professor was not amenable to my plan. You see, Professor Dean not only made a robot that did not obey the first law, but in doing so, he found a way to nullify the first law in other robots. And has he told you how to do it? He can't have. Not if you've got him in a cell. He will. And then I'll nullify the first law in all robots. And as they're tuned to my voice, they will obey my orders. Oh, by the way, there's something that isn't in the file room. I don't have to manufacture robots in secret factories. Robots can reproduce themselves. It's very simple. Each robot will manufacture another. Double a penny 30 times, Mr. Winston, and you get over a million pennies. 
In no time at all, I'll have a huge army of indestructible machines. What's happened to you, Garson? No one in government service had a better record than you. You were the last man we thought would turn true. You don't know me very well, Mr. Winston. That's just about the biggest understatement I've ever heard. <laughs> and we thought Professor Dean was the security risk. The professor has an IQ of 195, yet he's a fool. By helping me, he could be the most powerful man in the world. I cannot understand men like him or you. Spoken like a true paranoiac. <laughs> Isn't it strange? You devise a perfect form of government, an infallible method of controlling the world, and you're called insane. Remember, Mr. Winston, robots are not susceptible to bribery. They can't be blackmailed or intimidated or flattered or fooled. Can you say the same about our politicians and government office holders? Can you? No. Nope. Uh, We're all fallible. And you're at least as fallible as the rest of it. No, and what makes you say that? Because you're wrong. Your plan just won't work. Why not? Because your plan depends on Professor Dean. He's a dedicated scientist. He knows that if he alters the first law of robotics, whatever happens will be his responsibility. This is why he won't help you. No matter what you do to it. Ah, but he will help me for the simple reason that he is only human. Sooner or later, he'll weaken it's only a matter of time. You're fast running out of time, Mr. Nothing Garson. Nothing can stop me. Oh, maybe I can. Ah, <laughs> oh, what good is locking that door going to do? I'm going to kill you, Mr. Garson. No, a gun, just like Clements. You all run so true to form. Put it away. You leave me no alternative but to kill you. Do you think shooting me will stop my plan? Without you, the robots would have no leader. And they won't do anything to me for killing you because they'll obey the first law. Ah, I see your reasoning. You think you'll get rid of me and then free the professor and Clements. No, Garson, don't move toward me. <laughs> what are you afraid of? You have a gun. Don't take another step. Or shoot, Mr. Winston. Shoot. All right. Everyone. You. You must be. A robot? Yes. Yes, I am. You see, the real Garson is dead. I had my face made in his image. When you and Clements are dead, two robots will be made in your image. The same thing will ultimately happen to the professor. That's my real plan, Mr. Winston. Robots won't have to fight the army or anyone else. We'll just step into your shoes, each and every one of you. But you haven't found a way to nullify the first law yet. Not yet. Until you do, a robot can't kill. It must obey the first law. All but one robot, Mr. Winston. The one Professor Dean made just before he disappeared. The robot to which the first law of robotics does not apply. You. You. Yes. You. I. I. Am. That. Ted Bell. In the cast, Jay Barney, Bob Dryden, Jack Manning, Jack Grimes, and Owen Jordan. Audio engineer, Neil Pope. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. 
Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotchenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Arthur. Executive producer for Theater 5, Edward A. Byron. We would appreciate your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. So there you go. There's the new order presented by Theater 5. You know, I, I love robots. I've always loved robots. <laughs> or as Rod Serling calls them, robots. You know, this one hails back to all of those uh, Isaac Asimov robot stories where you have the first, second, and third law of robotics that protects humans and kind of defines how robots will work. And, you know, those those three laws just don't go away. Uh, I think iRobot was probably the most popular story of his with those. This episode only had one law of robotics, or what did they call it? Robotry? Robotry? Something like that. That was an interesting term I hadn't heard before. Yeah, it played right into that, where the first law of robotics is that robots cannot harm humans. Uh, But like they often do, somebody found a way around that law. I like that we kind of had an unreliable main character of the story, and I thought the actor did pretty well with that. But like I said, you know, I've loved robots since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I, you could blame George Lucas. You could, you know, you'd look at C-3PO and R2-D2 and all the droids that are in the Star Wars universe. And that's definitely part of my love of robots or droids or whatever. But I also remember, you know, one of my favorite stories growing up was uh, a book by Lesser Del Rey that was called The Runaway Robot. I, I must have read that 10 or more times. Uh, my wife actually found it and got it for me uh, several years ago for my birthday. Uh, and I read it again. I enjoyed it. It's just kind of a fun little story. And of course, you know, in movies, going all the way back to Robbie the Robot and, and uh, even the robots in Silent Running... You know, even the robots in the black hole was enough to keep me going uh, watching that movie. And, you know, any, anything with a, with a robot, you know, is just kind of cool. I've always just felt drawn to those kind of stories. And I, that's interesting. I've never written a robot story. Huh. Maybe I'm going to have to add that to my list of stories <laughs> that I need to write is, is a story about a robot. And, you know, a lot of them are the robot and his boy or whatever, you know, you could you could do a robot and his girl or the girl or something like that. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to talk about writing stories. I'm going to talk about just robots in general. Um, you know, it's one or the other, right? It's either a friendly robot that you have to protect um, or it's a robot that's eventually going to take over the earth and destroy everything. <laughs> You know, you got the you got the Terminator series. You got uh, oh man, there's so many. The iRobot movie with Will Smith, AI, I guess. You know, the robots eventually triumph. There, they're more benevolent, I think, in that movie than uh, than our robotic overlords. <laughs> um, but and you know, I, I kind of like both of those scenarios. 
um, where you have the friendly robot or the uh, the robot that is eventually going to take over the world. I, I hope that the idea of a robot and that never dies in science fiction, that it'll always be there. Um, you know, I even liked, uh, what was that movie with Robin Williams? <sighs> the Bicentennial Man? Or just the Centennial Man? Probably just the Centennial Man. I can't remember. Anyway, I like that movie um, about an intelligent robot. You know, Data is one of my favorite characters from the Star Trek universe. Um, he's an android, which is just another way of saying robot. I know there's a difference. And there's synthesoids and all kinds of stuff like that. But, uh, you know, versions of robots. You know, Alien has uh, Bishop in there. And he's an artificial being. Um, just really, really cool, cool things um, with robots. And like I said, you, you can't get away from Star Wars. You know, I, I collect Star Wars droid figures. And I don't collect them at a very fast rate. You know, I try not to just go get every droid that's out there on the market. But I, I enjoy collecting those um, occasionally. Uh, but I've also thought about expanding it. You know, I just saw that Walmart came out with a uh, Robbie the Robot model that uh, does, a, you know, says a few things and, and blinks and whatever. That would be kind of cool to have a Robbie the Robot as well for my collection. And then I thought, well, shoot, why, why do I stop there? Why, why do I limit myself to Star Wars? Um, you know, I could go, I could try to get the uh, Vincent figure and the Maximo Maximus robot from Black Hole, even though Black Hole's a long sit. I, I still like those droids. Uh, maybe I could get, uh, what, Huey and Dewey from uh, Silent Running. That'd be kind of fun to have that in my collection as well. So I might start expanding my, uh, my collection to include not only Star Wars droids, but other robots from films and and whatnot another robot that i've been interested in the, the latest netflix version of lost in space i really enjoyed that series there's been two seasons of that and supposedly they're working on a third and there's a lot of family drama and and uh and parker posey uh plays a really good villain but it's got the robot and it's a really cool looking robot and the bond that he forms with Will Robinson is really cool. They did a really good job with that, I thought. Really updated that whole story really well and made it interesting. And there's a lot of uh, back and forth on that. You know, that robot race uh, destroyed a starship. And only the robot that's formed a bond with Will Robinson is the good guy. And so there's a lot of cool stuff with that series. Um, but anything, I mean, just, that just took, you know, Wally is one of my favorite Pixar films because it's all about robots. You know, the main character and his love interest and all of the supporting characters are robots in that. And uh, that just makes me happy. I enjoy watching that movie. Yeah, there's just something that goes way back for me and robots. And like I said, I, I like them when they're menacing and I like them when they're nice. <laughs> Uh, so I was kind of happy to to talk about robots. I'm, I'm glad this episode was chosen. Um, but like I say, I'm kind of impressed with Theater 5 so far. Most of the stories that I put up on the poll, I would have loved to uh, produce. Or not produce. I would have loved to present to you here on the podcast as well. But 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and, and I'll be back. I'll put up another poll maybe, you know, for April or something like that. And uh, we'll come back with another old time radio show next month. Sorry I missed it in February, but maybe I'll do a twofer or something like that somewhere down the road. <laughs> or not. Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. All right, everybody. Until next time, stay safe out there and journey on. The Journey Into podcast is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means that you can feel free to share this audio with whoever you would like, but please don't sell it and please don't change it and let people know where it came from.